Hola YouTube, my name is Ricardo Lino and I'm a wheel addict. Welcome to the 44th episode of the Skate Talks with a Wheel Addict. It's half past 10 p.m. Got my family sleeping. And I just thought it would be a good time to do one of these. I don't really know what I'm going to talk about yet. <laughs> so it's going to be a solo podcast where I'm going to be talking about skating and about what I've been going through over the last week. So... I'm going to start with what happened to to me. I would say what happened to me about a week ago. About a week, yeah, it was exactly one week ago, uh, me and my wife went to train, and after the training we went for a salad. And then we met a friend. We saw a friend in the street who just said, Hey, Duarte, your friend Duarte just died. He told me how he died. I don't really want to go into details how that happened but at first it was a very weird news if you can say that and then it took me a bit to actually understand what happened there then on saturday i went to the to the funeral and i guess that's when it really hit me when i was with a couple more friends and we started talking a bit like the type of situations we had with Duarte and all that. And I actually made a YouTube video about it, but because not everyone watches my YouTube videos, let me tell you who Duarte was. So a lot of you guys might not know me for my bodyboarding. I mean, I guess no one <laughs> no one knows me for my bodyboarding, but I'm 39 years old and I started surfing. I started bodyboarding when I was 11 and I used to say that I never really stopped. The truth is, since I went to South Africa in 2015, I just never surfed. I was too scared of sharks. But before that, I used to surf quite often. There was a time of my life that I used to actually surf every single day. I used to bodyboard. When I, when I say surf, I'm talking about bodyboarding. Some people call it boogie boarding, whatever. It seems like I'm on that side, huh? I do the inline skating instead of the skateboarding. I do the fixed gear bikes instead of the BMXing. And I do the boogie boarding instead of the surfing. I'm that guy. But <laughs> I'm used to it. So when I first thought about started bodyboarding, I was way too young. I just went on holidays with my parents to a place in Portugal called Piniche, which is very known for, for the waves, for surfing. I guess like a couple of years ago, the, the World Surf Tour used to go through through that area with one of the um, one of the competitions in a wave called Super Tubes. And that's actually one of the first places where I have ever tried to boogie board. It was just one of those stupid foam, like, I don't know, styrofoam boards. And I was just having so much fun that when I came back from those holidays, 
I told my parents that I wanted to get a board. And that's when I first met Duarte. Duarte was two years older than me. And him and his brother used to sell boards from his house. I guess like his father was was somehow related to scuba diving and this like the same company. I, I guess like the same distributor for the scuba dive gear was also the the guys carrying bodyboard bodyboards. So somehow they used to sell the gear. He was only two years older than me and I bought my first board from him. But back then he was already the best bodyboarder in town. So as a kid, just by being next to him, I used to be nervous. Time went by and we actually became friends. Friends to the point that his shop actually evolved to a brick and mortar shop a couple of years later. And we became friends to the point that I used to be supported. Maybe like flow, that would be the translated to skating, that would be the word. I was on on the flow team <laughs> from his surf shop. So I used to I, I used to still pay for the board, but like a very good price. Every now and then I used to get some gear. I was okay with bodyboarding. I, I was never like competing. I won a, a school event once, <laughs> but that was basically it. The truth is, I never really stopped skating. Duarte knew me for also from my skating, of course. I live in a small town. And... Every time that I used to come back to town, because I, I moved out of town first to work and then obviously for skating and to follow Janice in South Africa and all that. So every time that I used to come to town, I used to talk a lot to Duarte. He used to tell me how the whole bodyboarding scene was, who was the kids that he was supporting, what he was planning to do. And we used to talk so much about stuff that we, we could do together to promote the sport to help his shop and all that. And we never did that. And we will never do. And that's something that, yeah, sometimes, it, you know, I don't know if you ever felt that, but when you kind of like hit the wall and you think, damn it, there's no way for me to go to the other side of the wall. And that's kind of how I felt when I went to that funeral on Saturday. I don't want these podcast today to be just sadness and that's about it so from now on i'm not gonna talk about sadness anymore the sad is gone the sad the saddest part is gone um duarte is not with us but it made me see it made me see things that i wasn't happy one of them being my YouTube channel. <laughs> um, it's one of those things that I put a lot of effort into it. And I don't know if you know about it, but I do put a lot of time into it. I, I actually hired someone. His name is Alexandre. He works with me every single morning. And we've been working a lot on my Portuguese YouTube channel. So you might have seen it too. It's called Ricardo Lino in Portuguese, which means in English Ricardo Lino in Portuguese. You can watch whatever video you want. There will be with, there's like Portuguese subs on it, but YouTube has a feature that you can actually auto-translate the, the, the subs and the translation, the translation is actually quite good. It's 
you can understand everything. It's a different type of YouTube channel compared to the one that you might have seen in English. It's mainly studio stuff. It's we talk about like we I I do some comparison between products. I I do I talk about a lot of really basic things, how to choose skates, how to choose frames, what's the difference between this and that. So it's a lot of studio stuff. But it's been growing. It's a channel that has been growing. I was I just didn't have the time for it. I didn't have the time to focus on it and having Alex Alexander here with me. It's been helping me. He's been editing those videos. He's been publishing the videos. Basically, I record it, give the file to him, and he does the rest. It's been working very good. But the Portuguese channel, the the but the English channel came to something that I was, I I was actually being too picky. I was like, I can't talk about this. I can't talk about that. I can't say this. I think I started accusing the fact that I don't have million subscribers or anything like that, but having a little bit over 50,000 sometimes makes me feel responsible, which on one side, I think it's good. I think it's good that I, I want to set the example. Like most of the times you will see me with a helmet. I try not to set a bad example, but at the same time, I cannot lose myself. And I, I somehow feel that I was going a little bit that way by thinking a little bit too much on what I could post, what I couldn't, what I should be using, what I shouldn't be using. It was going a little bit too much, too much to the point that I wasn't, probably for you, you probably didn't even realize I was posting probably like once a week. But <laughs> if you ever spoke with me about it, I used to say something about that YouTube channel about this English YouTube channel. And, and I used to say that I plan on making disposable content. I'm not trying to make videos that will be the best video in the world. You have guys like Dom West. You have guys like, uh, what's the name? Um, Butter TV. Butter TV content. It's whatever they're doing. It's just so good. What I'm doing, I don't want to compare myself to any of those guys. Those guys are amazing. I, I, I think those guys are like cinematographers, cinematographers, if you can, if that's what you call them. I, they can make whatever they want. They can make Hollywood stuff, Netflix stuff. What I do is not like that. I do, at least what I wanted to do at first was just to share my my thoughts with you guys, to share my ideas. And I somehow started losing those a little bit. Um, not that I don't have ideas, not that I don't have thoughts, not that I'm running out of ideas, not at all. It's more like I was thinking way too much. Scared of what you guys would say on the other side and all that. And this whole situation with going to the funeral and hitting the wall that I just told you just made me realize that that's not what I want. It's, I guess I actually prefer to spend the time on producing something that it's what I want to do than actually reading the comments and expecting you to like what I do. It needs to be my YouTube channel where I actually expose what I want. 
So, yes, I make my videos for you, but it needs to be me. It can't be just you guys. So it's kind of like a, <laughs> a fight with myself. Um, it's a bit of a weird one. So what did I do? I went out, I filmed like a little video. What I was actually, I just went and just filmed like a, a flat crown session. And that was cool. That was cool. Like from the setup that I was using, the skates that I was using, it just, I was just having fun. I, I put the camera on the floor as I usually do. I don't know if you ever realized that most of the times I would say like 95% of my videos are solo filmed and I'm going to go, I'm, I will speak about solo skating after this. That might actually be the name of this, the name of this podcast solo skating yes that's exactly what's going to be but anyway so i just put the camera on the floor i recorded the audio the message that i want to pass to you guys with my phone the audio came out quite good i'm happy with it and after that i just skated a bit i was using a weird setup which is just like those micro very affordable skate the empty plus but then i have a cuff that is probably more expensive than the skate which is a Delta F carbon cuff. So I tried the carbon cuff on those empty pluses. And this might be very weird for a lot of the people, but the truth is I never knew that a carbon cuff would make such a difference on a skate. So <laughs> usually I always say that if you have um, if you have a hard boot, it will give you support, which is true. But from brand to brand and sometimes even in the, within the same brand, different cuffs are completely different. A good example would be the the USD Sway or the, the Power Slide. I think it's called the Zoom. That skate has way too much forward flex for a lot of people. Some people love it, but it has a lot of forward flex. On the other hand, a skate like the Power Slide Tau, yes, it's a carbon skate, but the cuff that comes on the Tau... For me, at first, it felt extremely hard. With time, I actually got used. I used to prefer that cuff on another skate, another boot. But what I'm trying to say here is that the same company can have completely different cuffs. A good example of that would also be the micro skates. The Delta F cuffs are completely different from the MT Pluses. MT Pluses, it's a plastic one. It's actually a soft plastic not extremely soft, but like soft enough for you to feel that it can bend, especially if it's too hot. The carbon cuff, well, it's a carbon layered, like it's like there's a lot of carbon layers mixed, like, um, how can I say? There's like resin making those carbon layers getting together. And usually if you put them in the oven, you can actually change the form of it just like you heard probably about carbon skates being able to be heat molded that can also happen with those cuffs but i never really felt that even when i put the delta f's in the oven there were changes on the cuff i did felt the changes on the the shell but going back to using those cuffs on the on the plastic boot that plastic boot doesn't have a aluminium plate underneath. Basically, the mounting of the frame goes straight to the boot 
and it's not going to a metal plate. There's obviously like a kind of like a washer that receives it, and it's okay. I don't have a problem. I, I usually don't skate in 125, at least at first, and now lately I did try them with 125, they work. But it's not the same as if it would have a, um, an aluminium plate. It does. It's not exactly the same, obviously. But by using a very hard cuff, very stiff cuff, such as a carbon cuff, I actually felt the skate was very, very hard. Somehow compensate the fact of not having that metal plate. And I wasn't using a very tall frame. I was using a supposedly 80 millimeters because it's those NN... What's the name of that? It's the NN Ninja frame. Five wheels. They call V-Rockard. I don't know if they call it V-Rockard or whatever rockering they call. But the thing here is not even about being 80 because it doesn't feel like a 80. If I'm not mistaken, it's higher than the regular 80. You see a lot of space between the wheels and those bolts fixing the frame to the boot. But it's about having a long frame. A lot of times we talk about a taller frame needing more support. But I've been feeling more and more and more that a longer frame actually really needs support, probably more than a tall frame. Maybe not more, but it's something that I would compare to. Obviously, it's a long frame with with a little bit of rockering, not a completely flat, like a downhill or a hold speed skating five wheel frame. But still, having a long frame will make you want to have a taller cuff or at least more support. The carbon cuff, it's actually not taller, but it's way more supportive, as I said. So I was using that setup. Empty pluses, carbon cuff, and then five-wheel frame. And I was just having so much fun. And actually, the video came out quite good. So that was the first video of these getting back to posting more regularly that I did. Then the day right after that, I've done a video that I've been... It's one of those that... I have this, I had the stuff here for a while, the solo frames, the ground control, HD 60 frames. And I wasn't making videos. You know, it's like... I don't really know the word. You know when you just let things go? There's a... It's a very common word. It just doesn't come to my head at the moment. So I was just looking at the frames almost every day. Someone actually made a comment on a YouTube video about a week ago or two weeks ago. So when are you going to make the comparison between the solars and the ground control HDs? And I said soon, but that was it, soon. <laughs> but again, these smashing against the wall this hitting the wall actually made me think like it's time let's just make this type of stuff you have so much stuff here that you could be doing this is me talking to myself so i made that video and in the exact same day i went straight to the skate park and filmed um, how to drop in like a, a very very basics tutorial just a I used to have this series called Auto Skate for Dummies, and this is basically Auto Skate in the Park for Dummies. It's, it's a very, very simple video. 
teaching someone how to drop a ramp. I was drop, dropping a ramp like like 90 centimeters, like three feet. So the whole idea is just to pass knowledge. It's not like I'm passing anything like amazing, but I'm pretty sure some people will appreciate it. So again, as I said, the whole goal here is to make these videos that someone will actually take advantage of it. Probably in one year from now, no one will even look at them. But when they came out, people use it. So that's the whole goal it is, and that's what I want to keep doing. So I still don't know what video I'm going to make tomorrow. Probably when you watch this, there is already going to be a video. I did, <laughs> I did bought these very weird things. So I bought them. If you know anything about shoes, I'm not a sneaker freak or anything like that. I don't know shit about that. But a couple of weeks ago, somehow, YouTube suggested me the new Yeezy shoes like that. Can I West collection? And there was this Yeezy foam runner, which is basically some Crocs. <laughs> some Crocs from Adidas that when they came out, they used to cost, like, I think... I don't want to say anything wrong, but I think they costed like 70 euros, either 30 or 70 euros, something like that. I don't know which one was right. And obviously they sold, they were sold out like in no time. The next day they were selling for 350. So I was looking at that like, oh, how cool would it be to make some, some roller skates with that? So I went on AliExpress <laughs> looking for fakes and there were already some fakes. So I ordered some fakes, a Yeezy foam runner and I should be making that video maybe tomorrow or maybe tomorrow I'm going to do a live stream. Not sure yet. I've been doing this live stream on Thursdays on the Portuguese channel and it's been going quite good. Two weeks ago I had Philippe Zambardino. Brazilians call him Zamba and he's an amazing skater like it was cool because he, he has a story very similar to mine actually my parents when when I made the, the live stream I posted on Facebook and my mom saw that I was going to go live and the day after the the live stream she told me oh he really look he really reminded me of you because <laughs> he also started speed skating at a very young age and then he slowly converted to aggressive skating he never really stopped he has a youtube channel he works a lot with marketing so my mom was actually watching that about Felipe Zambardino and she was just saying yeah, it really reminds me of you then last Thursday I was making a live stream with Ingrid Ingrid is this very young girl she is 10 years old and she has a very, very successful YouTube channel. Uh, the name is Ingrid Patinadora, which is Ingrid the Skater. And she's very young. So obviously I was doing the live stream with her and their dad. We announced her as the new ambassador for Micro in Brazil because we now have a distributor in Brazil. And that was a cool way to communicate her connection to the brand and to know a little bit more about her because she actually has 230,000 subscribers. 
I wonder if she actually thinks how much of an influence she has on people. Because if I was saying that with a little bit over 50,000, I sometimes think, and it was making me go slower, I can imagine with like five times more. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one day. Um, yeah, all these videos, as I just said, in the, that I would call this podcast, I would call it the solo podcast. So all these videos, I actually do them solo. Yeah, maybe not the editing at the moment. I have the, as I said before too, I have the help of Alex. But I just grabbed that camera or those cameras or whatever, the little tripod, and there I am going outside by myself, putting the camera on the floor. Usually what I do is, that's why it's actually very good to use a helmet. You guys might not think about it, but if I'm using a, a camera that needs to be focused, what I do is imagine I put the camera where I want it to be with a tripod and I put the, the helmet <laughs> where I'm going to be, where I'm going to be skating. Then I focus on the helmet manual focus so that it doesn't shift and then here I go I can film it every now and then the focus is not on point <laughs> but that's what happens when it's a one man operation I usually film with Panasonic cameras I have a Panasonic GH5 and a Panasonic GX8 so I can they somehow match like they're very similar to image Cameras are not the same, but they're similar. They have a similar image. I can put similar color profiles. I can put similar the, the same lenses. So if I need to do a two camera operation, I do that more times, more like more often for work. But that is it. So every now and then I pick one camera. The other day I pick the other. So it's goes between one and the other. I do have the GH five at the moment sat here in the studio as a as a webcam basically it's connected to the computer through this switcher that allows me to connect the ipad and i've been using that mainly for live streams and when i go live with people like doing these video chats and all that as the if you if you heard the last if you heard the last podcast i did here the last skate talk with karim shab the sound wasn't good on the last one Again, that's what happens when it's a one-man operation. I didn't really check that my sound was way too low compared to Karim. And I wasn't using the same the same hardware that I'm using now. I'm right now using this Rode Podcaster, which is a thing just for podcasts that you can make these funky, funky things. There's no one here. This is just me um, trying to live that Corona on TV show life. You know that with the COVID, like the TV shows can't have people, so they just use the fake. <laughs> it's more of a sad thing. Oops, that's not what I wanted to use. I use a sad thing. I think it's this one. <laughs> so I have all these video effects. It just sucks a little bit. I don't use them that much. I I got this intro song that I use 
as you heard in the beginning, then outro, and that is basically it. So, yeah, I don't think I'm going to to make a much longer episode. Just wanted to share with you guys what I've been going through. Um, I haven't been in contact too much with Camel. It's been a bit hectic here with work, and then with me thinking too much about the YouTube videos, I actually been letting these podcasts go a little bit like well 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 so please if you can just send me a message uh, if you think of something that you would like me to podcast about related to skating maybe send me a message on instagram and i'll take your ideas i have a lot of stuff to podcast about from like the i was actually putting all my aggressive skates on top and I don't even know like there's a I can make a whole podcast just about the dilemma of choosing an aggressive skate at the age of 39 (laughs) when you have way too many skates I know there's a lot more people going through the same I remember when I was when I was 16 17 I used to struggle just to get one pair of skates man just I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't have lunch in school to keep those 100 skudush, which is like 50 cents of a euro every day, to have 15 euros by the end of the month, so that three, four months later I would have a little bit of cash and my mom would give me the rest to buy the cheapest pair of skates like the Rosie's FCO or some used Majestic 12s or something. Nowadays I'm just spoiled, man. It's obviously because of what I do and the work that I put into this. But when I look up to my shelf and I see like way too many skates and then when I need to go skate, not not what I need when I want to go skate, I don't even know which skates to choose. So I guess that will be my next podcast, the dilemma of choosing the skate. And then like (laughs) not just choosing the skate to go to the park. Like yesterday I went... Uh, to record that how to drop in video I was using a pair of rollerblade um, solo era from 2016 I bought those from from no pro skate shop which is a skate shop from from Holland from my friend Ari the guy that helped me with the last two editions of the winter clash live stream and Ari has a very different very very different skate shop he basically buys a lot of old stock from a lot of shops and from a lot of companies and he sells them and it's 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 cool i like it every now and then if i want to get a different pair of skates like i bought some impalas i bought some some skates that you will see soon on a video i can just say that they're green i can't talk about it that much because i want to make a video about them but so i bought these rollerblade from airy and I bought these different frames to like the Kaiser Element ones that I've been looking for those for so long. I bought the Jeff Howard edition, the, the green ones. And yesterday I went to skate with those. But then it's just like, I don't know when was the last time that I skated twice in a row with the same skates. Obviously, if you're trying to, <laughs> to get better, it's hard. If you use one pair of different skates every day. But I'm not trying to win anything. I mean, 
I'm going to try to win something this weekend, but I can tell you a lot more about it too. <laughs> I'm going to try to win something. And that's how I'm going to finish this podcast. I'm going to win something. Probably on my next podcast, I'm going to tell you what I won. I should win it Saturday. <laughs> so stay tuned if you want to know what I what I won. Stay tuned for my next podcast, which should be should be about aggressive skating or about how to choose skates for trips. I don't know yet. I need to think about it. But I will talk about my my next winning <laughs> the next my next victory. That is it. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. It was just a short one. I just wanted to to have a little chat with you guys, even if it's just me speaking by myself. It's right now eleven p.m. and it's a good time to go next to my wife. So, thank you guys for listening to this. Hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure to maybe to give me this. I don't know how to do this. I know that you guys can give me ratings and stuff like that on this podcast stuff, so that the platforms will suggest these podcasts more. So maybe do so. It's already the 44th episode. I mean, we had season one, which used to be just video. And then I started season two. Let me see. When did I start season two? Started season two on the 26th of... No, 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 no. On the 30th of July. It's been almost three months. We made eight episodes. So not too bad. With that being said, cheers guys. Speak to you soon.